Hello, old friend. I see you clawed your way out of that swamp. I know you must be a little discombobulated. Perhaps confused because I... I usually greet you with a much more welcoming demeanor. But, you see, we never left your last nightmare. You broke free of the poor, cursed souls of the waters. But, once you got here, to the shore, I couldn't bring us back. And you see, we are still in a swamp. There's fog rolling in off the water, over the land. I think we can take a few moments to collect yourself before we move on. Why don't you take a deep breath? Your lungs could use it. Breathe in. And out. Sorry, I don't have time to prepare you as much as I usually do. Oh, my poor, beautiful dear. You're soaking wet. You must be freezing. Don't you feel the wind chill your waterlogged clothes? I see the goosebumps on your skin, and you're starting to shiver. That water turns absolutely icy in this weather. I wish I could do something to warm you, but we have to go. We've accidentally stumbled into the territory of the Bog Witch. Don't want to meet the Bog Witch. I know I said I can't help once we've crossed over, but I will do whatever I can to get you out of this. We just have to keep moving and hope we don't come across her on our way out. This isn't like your other nightmares, my charming companion. The Bog Witch won't kill you. No. She traps you. Until all the stars blink out. Not dying. Never resting. You'll know nothing but endless suffering and agony. Hmm? Like hell? I guess you could compare it to the idea of hell, except, from what I understand, in order to get to hell, you have to have done something to deserve that fate. The Bog Witch isn't Saint Peter, beloved. She doesn't judge. She just collects. She's older than trees, and mountains, and bacteria even. And in all that time, she's frankly become an old cranky hag 
who wants nothing but to be left alone. Especially by man. Homo sapiens were and are her least favorite evolutionary creations. So we must go. We must go now. No, I... I don't quite know where to go. But if we keep moving, we can maybe buy you some time. Me? I don't need time. I can leave whenever I choose. But I've grown so fond of you over all these years. I can't just leave you here alone to be devoured by her. You would be greatly missed. Now, let's keep moving away from the swamp across this open area. The fog is so thick, you can hardly see a foot ahead of you. I think this is just a grassy field, but step lightly. There's a chimney, with smoke coming out of it. She must be there or nearby. There is no door. The entrance is covered in a flap of... It looks like some kind of leather. Oh. Well, it... It is leather. But that isn't cowhide, my friend. So unless you want to end up a door yourself, we should keep moving. Shh, shh, get down. Pray the grass and fog keeps you covered and stay absolutely still. There she is. She's dragging the soul of a wealthy looking man. She is hideous, isn't she? All warts and pus, fungus growing on her head and shoulders. A body made of infection and pain. Sharp teeth made of uranium. Claws of sulfur. Her hair, thousands of parasitic worms. All wrapped in a garment of human skin. The man's poor soul is screaming. Do you hear it? No, he isn't wearing an old-timey costume. Time 
isn't linear here or anywhere really other than your world. That is a man from the large house up the way, up the swamp, where we first got on the boat. This is from long ago in your world. But here, it's happening in front of us. That man's soul will never rest. Keep your footing one slip will She won't let the man go, so we, we have a few moments, but she will be gaining on us. Just run. I see her. I see her in the distance. I hear her. She sounds like all of God's most feared creatures are crying out in pain. almost fell into that ravine. Look down. The fog had it hidden. That's hundreds of feet below, with a rushing river at the bottom to boot. Look, I know this is going to sound scary, but I need to leave you for a moment. I have to figure something out. I know I can fix this. For once in all our journeys, I think I can help. Be safe, my dove. Sorry to have left you for so long. I had to go somewhere else to make space for us. But the only way to get there is to die. You have to die. She's closing in. Don't you see her in the distance? Don't you smell her? She smells like rotting logs and green water, like decaying leaves and mud and sepsis. I need you to concentrate. I want you to hear your own breath as you breathe in and out. I know it's hard. I know she's right there. But I need you to do this. I need you to hear and feel your own heartbeat. Can you hear it? Can you feel it? If you hear any other sounds, accept them. Enjoy them. Do you hear your breath? Do you feel your heart? Now, jump. I'll see you on the other side.
my love. We made it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then just forget about it. It means you don't remember, and you're all the better for it. Let's, let's just start where we always do. Making sure you fall into a deep, relaxing trance. Take a drink of water, or maybe some herbal tea. I've been partial to ashwagandha tea lately. I hope you found a comfortable place to lay, to feel safe, where you can leave your body while we go on our adventures together. Now, breathe in deep. So deep, you feel your belly rise. One, two, three, four. Now breathe out. One, two, three, four. Good. Start at your feet. Point your toes like a prima ballerina. Now, pull them back towards you so they point toward the ceiling. Feel your calves stretch too. Doesn't that feel good? Scrunch your toes, then wiggle out all of their fatigue. Now, Adjust, then relax your hips. 
You may even feel a pop. Let those bones rest too. They've been holding you up all day. Let that supple feeling run up your spine to your shoulders. I bet those are bunched up toward your ears. Drop them. Maybe even pull them back a little bit for a little stretch. Let your shoulder blades say hello to each other. Then let them relax. They've held your worries all day. And those don't matter right now. Now, move your head gently from side to side. Give your neck a nice pop and stretch. Then, come back to center and release that clenched jaw. You can let your hands rest on your belly so that you can feel it rise and fall because we're still taking those deep, deep breaths. In. One. And out. One, two, three, four. Now, you see a door. The door looks familiar like a door from your childhood. Why don't you reach out and touch the handle? Do you feel it? Do you recognize the way that handle feels in your hand? Now, turn it. As you step through the door, you step down into dirt. It's late at night. You're at a farm. More particularly, you're at the entrance of a corn maze. The stalks of corn look sort of dry. You can hear them sway in the wind. You can smell the earth beneath your feet and the almost grassy smell of the corn stalks. You hear the last bugs of the season still hanging on until they must slumber for the winter. You feel a cool breeze dance on your skin. These fall nights get quite chilly. This should be fun. I love mazes. Let's try it out. Sometimes there's even a prize at the end. And it looks like this little farm is long past closing time. So we won't have anyone bothering us. 
I see they have it decorated for Halloween. The scarecrows in every corner are less jolly looking than your typical harvest festival scarecrows. In fact, they're downright menacing. Their button eyes look like they're scowling somehow. Oh, we're at a fork. Let's go left here. I told you, I love mazes. This is so much fun. Wait, turn around. Did that one move? That one over there, it, it isn't in the corner anymore. I swear it's closer to the center of that wall than it was before. Never mind. Let's keep going. You know, the only thing missing right now is a big mug of hot cider. Or maybe a hot chocolate. Wouldn't that be nice? Let's go right at this next fork. <laughs> oh no. Looks like I've driven us straight into a dead end. Let's just turn a... Wait. Didn't we just come from there? I could have sworn... Well... Let's just go this way then. So strange. I, I swear that had been an opening. Oh, hello. Another dead end, but... This one has one of those scarecrows... This one looks so lifelike, like a real man stuffed with straw. Oh god, it reeks. Do you smell that? It smells like, like, death. That sickly sweet odor of rotting flesh fills your nose. Do you see now? The putrid fluids leaking from its eyes and mouth. The blood running out of its straw-stuffed ears. I think it's time to run. Every turn feels like a dead end. Maybe you should just trace your steps back to the entrance. It isn't the most traditional way of exiting a corn maze. But then again, finding a bloated corpse stuffed with straw isn't exactly traditional either. Okay, let's calm your breathing. It's going to be okay. We're far enough away where all you smell is dried corn stalks and dust. No more rot. No more death. So breathe in. One, two, three, four, and out. One, two, three, four. That's right. Just like we always do. And in. Oh, oh no, 
that smell again. There's another one. This one looks... smaller. It's right over there, in the corner. The same fetid fluid blinking from its eyes, nose, and mouth. Straw violently shoved into its ears. Its little feet dangling in the breeze. Let's just keep going backwards towards the entrance. <gasps> it's, it's just one of the fake ones. No dead bodies this time. But how did it end up right in the middle of the lane? We better not go that way. Let's turn... Oh no. Another one? They're surrounding us. Well, you. But how? They're made of burlap and old moldy straw. I don't understand. Maybe... Just maybe... You can run past it. Past them. I believe in you. You'll have to leave me here. Remember, I can't help you. But you can make it. Just run as fast as you can. Ready? Okay. Okay. Go. 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 You're just fine. But I see you've run even deeper into the maze. I have no idea where we are now. Let's do that old trick. You know, the left hand trick. Keep your hand to the left wall and you'll eventually find your way out. I'm sure it works. Except... Maybe just stick near the left wall. I don't know about sticking your hand in there. Oh no. Another one of the dead ones. This one is wearing a pair of red pumps. I mean, I can see why they weren't able to outrun. Okay. Too dark for you, that's fine. I'm proud of you, you know. I knew you could do it. We just have to make it out. And now you know you can run faster than them. We seem to be making great progress. It can't be too long now. 
color pumps did that last corpse have on? Red? I thought so. Because here they are again. It looks like all we've done is go in a big, elaborate circle. We went through twists and turns and lefts and rights I don't understand. At least the dead ones don't seem to wake up. Even still, I don't want to be near it anymore. The smell is so bad. Let's try again. I'm sure we just got distracted and off the left wall last time. Okay, let's... Oh. Oh my. Well. I guess they do wake up. And they seem to be... Much... Faster. Goodbye, my love. I'm going to go now. And if I were you... I would run. Away from all this. Away from this life, you have so many hesitations and questions about. Why don't you let me guide you for a while? First, take a sip of water or something that will warm your insides. Now, please find somewhere soft and comfortable to rest. I'd love for you to lay down, but if you prefer to sit, then I just want you to do whatever feels best. Now, let's get you into that beautiful place between awake and asleep. 
I want you to start by breathing deep. Take the deepest breath you've taken all day, filling up your whole belly and hold. One, two, three, four, and out through your mouth. Really let it go. It's okay if you make a little noise. Let all that frustrated air out. Gone with it are the worries or maybe even the angry words you may have spoken today. In. One, two, three, four, and out. Again, breathe in the new, the hopeful, the peaceful. One, two, three, four. And let out the bitterness, the disappointment, the ugly that the world brings. Keep that breathing up as we continue. I'd like you to point to your toes and hold. Now let go. Now point your toes up towards the ceiling and pull them back towards you just as much as your muscles will let, as far as you can. Feel that beautiful pulling in your calves. Now rest. Feel free to give your ankles a little twirl to loosen them up. Now relax your hip and butt muscles. When you do this, you may even feel a little pop in your tailbone or hips. I always think that feels wonderful. Just let those bones and muscles melt into the cushion that you're on. Make sure your lower back feels comfortable and supported. Now let me take my verbal fingertips and move up your spine and up, up, up to your arm. Why don't you flutter your fingers for me? Yes, like you're casting a magic spell. Your hands do a lot for you. They deserve some love as well. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. <laughs> now, stretch and rotate your wrists. If possible, lace your fingers together, palms facing, then Unfold your palms outward, the fingers still laced, and give your arms a good stretch. Now, feel free to rest them on your belly where you can feel those deep breaths. Take in another one in. One. shoulders are up, you know, just up towards your ears, held up with tension. 
let your shoulders relax. While you're at it, unclench that jaw too. Remember, it's just us. You can let your mouth even hang open a little if it means giving your jaw a break. Now, turn your head from side to side. Maybe hear a few clicks and pops from that neck. Return to center and let your head sink into your pillow or cushion. Close your eyes. It's time to let your body rest and for your mind to wander. I want you to picture, to really see a doorway. Remember to keep breathing those full, slow breaths. Can you see your doorway? What does your doorway look like? It has a handle. What does the handle look like? Interesting. The way your mind works is so fascinating. Now do me a favor. With your mind's eye, I want you to place your hand on that handle. I want you to understand this action so well that you can almost feel the cold surface of the handle in your real fingertips. Can you feel that? On your next breath, when you breathe in, I want you to smell earth and pine needles. Can you smell it? Now, with your next breath, I want you to add to those pine needles and that earth, and I want you to smell oil and gasoline and fire. It's faint, but you know you can smell it coming from behind that door. Breathe in and smell it with me. Are you ready to open the door? Are you ready to see what's behind it? Okay. Feel that handle again. Turn it, open the door, and step inside. You wake up in a snowdrift next to a burning car. You can't remember how you got here. Was someone with you? Were you alone? If you hadn't been alone, there was no way to tell by the state of the vehicle. 
which is now engulfed in flames. The heat coming off the car, mingling with the frigid air, causes the strangest sensation on your skin. Where are you? You seem to be in a forest, next to a road. You aren't incapacitated, but you know you're injured. Your head is throbbing and feels incredibly heavy. One of your ankles feels like it was sprained or lightly fractured, maybe. Your vision is slightly blurred. Everything reminds you of what dreams look like. Not quite as sharp as the real world. It doesn't help that snow has begun falling again from the sky. The flurries rather softening your view. You can't stay here for long. You aren't dressed warmly enough. You have to flag someone down. You realize that the road was built higher than the forest floor. And that you have to climb up. Luckily, the snow has provided a sort of ramp. On the bright side, if this was spring, it could have been a sheer drop-off with no way to get back up. You trudge up and through. You make your way up to the road. Your clothes are soaked. The cold is setting in even more quickly now. The road is empty. There are no signs of any other cars. The only tire tracks being the ones your vehicle made careening off the road into the woods. And the newly fallen snow was already beginning to cover those up. The sun is setting. It's going to be dark soon. You have to get somewhere. You can't stay the night in the woods. You have no choice, my friend. You have to walk. So you set off. Your wet clothes are beginning to freeze. The climb up the snowy hill manage to get snow inside your shoes and your feet are so cold they ache just as you start trying to figure out how to start a fire in the snow and how not to freeze to death camped out in the woods you come upon a side road this road is flanked by an elaborate wrought iron gate its intricate swirls and twirls look like they would belong to the entrance of a fine estate. This is probably your best bet. Plus, the gate doesn't look like it's locked. Just closed. Your hands now ache, having to make contact with the metal bars that are even colder than the already below freezing air. Despite the snow, you manage to push one side of the giant gate open just enough for you to get through. You make your way up the seemingly endless driveway. 
Knowing that there has to be a house at the end gives you the push you need to get through the bitter cold. Finally, after walking for what felt like an hour, you come upon a large country manor. It's made of stone and looks like it would feel at home in a novel by Austin or one of the Brontes. Elated, you go as quickly as you can up the front steps to the giant oak doors. You use the large brass door knocker hoping to summon someone kind and willing to help out a destitute stranger. As you wait for a reply, you look around and your heart falls. Your initial excitement masked over the fact that this place was clearly long abandoned. Off in the distance, there are the remains of an old carriage under a rotting, separated garage, sitting next to what looks like the world's first automobile, also falling apart and rusting. You step back and see some of the beautiful leaded glass windows have been broken. And then you see someone standing at one of the broken windows. You take a sharp breath from fear and blink. By the time you've opened your eyes, you realize that it's just some old lace curtains blowing in the wind and playing tricks on your eyes. Though it's covered in snow, you can see that the grounds have long gone unkempt. Feels like no one has set foot here in a very long time. It's just too quiet. The only sound being the freezing wind sweeping across the large front lawn. This still has to be your shelter for the night. At least now, no one can turn you away. Right? So you try the front doors they're locked tight, and the house was built in such a way that accessing the ground floor windows looks hazardous. Maybe a way around the back? As you walk away, you hear the creak of the front doors. Cautiously turning to look, you see that they're now open, like the gaping maw of a pitch black cave. Of course, you've seen this movie. You're not stupid. Why would you go into a house that clearly just opened its own front doors to you? But as you scan the frozen wasteland around you and feel the continued throbbing in your head, you realize you don't have much choice, do you? So you turn and step into the foyer of the manor.
There's a grand staircase leading up to the upper levels. But first, you search the ground floor. The house creaks and groans around you. And even though you're out of the wind, the inside is still frigid. The stone walls keep in the cold, just like an icebox. You make your way into a large sitting room, probably once the place of lively parties, of laughter and warm conversation. In fact, you can picture it so well, you swear you can hear the music that was once played. Now it's gray, covered in dust. The huge ornate fireplace sits cold and dark. All of the furniture has been left behind by the last owner, most of the pieces covered by dirty sheets. Starting a fire sounds ideal, but you have no way to make one. Maybe you could at least find some blankets in the upstairs bedrooms. As you climb the stairs, you feel something shift. You no longer sense the light-hearted ghosts of long-ago soirees. You don't hear the distant music of laughter or the tinkle of crystal glasses full of champagne. But something heavier, something sadder, you get the heavy feeling you feel when you know someone is angry with you. You hearken back to a time when you were a child and an adult scolded you for breaking or spilling something. When emotions like shame and guilt felt new and made your chest feel tight and your face feel hot. But how could you feel this from a bunch of empty rooms? As you reach the top of the stairs, you begin to look from room to room, each one full of mattressless four-poster beds and moldy carpets, none with anything useful to your stay. The oppressive feeling gets heavier as you get closer to the last room at the end of the hallway. You arrive at the last door, and as you go for the handle, the door is sucked inward at your touch. Inside, you see lace curtains violently jerking around in the wind. Snow has accumulated inside through the broken windows, but the room is not empty. There is an ebony vanity in between the large broken windows. And at that vanity sits a woman, dressed in lace that must have once been white, but was now gray. Her back is to you, and she is adjusting the veil attached to a silver comb that sits in her dark hair. At this angle, you can't see her reflection in the mirror, but you don't have to wait long before she turns to you and reveals her face. It's the face of death. A 
face from your most horrifying nightmares. Before you can scream, she does. A long and mournful cry that you don't know if you're hearing in your ears or in your head. She is now lifted off the vanity stool and is coming towards you, floating towards you, and you run. She chases you down the hall, past the mildew-smelling rooms. You make it down the stairs and... The entire parlor has become a ghostly party. These people don't look like ghosts, though. They look like gorgeous, silent movie stars. All of them impossibly beautiful and elegant. They aren't see-through. There's music. There's even a fire in the fireplace. It's warm. You bask in the heat from the fire and the heat from the bodies around you. Bodies that should be cold. Aren't ghosts cold? But it doesn't last long. The partygoers don't notice you. But they do notice what followed you down the stairs. You see them all turn in horror. And by the time you've turned to look as well, all of it is gone. Even the dead bride who was chasing you. And when you turn back to where the party had been, you're waking to the cold light of morning. You had simply fallen asleep. Don't you remember taking the sheets off the furniture and layering them into a blanket? Don't you remember lying down on the moldy velvet sofa in front of the dead fireplace? You get up and decide to go back to the road. To try again to flag someone down. To get away from these nightmares, but... The doors. They won't open. No matter how hard you try. You turn to find something to break a window, and there, standing by the sofa, is the ghostly bride, her horrifying face now covered by her veil. But instead of chasing you, she's pointing at something, something on the sofa. You muster up the courage to go towards her to see what she is trying to show you. Maybe she's trying to help. And you see. You see the sheets soaked in frozen blood, still wrapped around your now dead body. You look up at the bride, and she utters one phrase from behind her dirty veil. Welcome home.
Hello. Have you warmed up since our last little journey? <laughs> I hope you've found a nice, cozy spot to nest yourself into. I'll give you a moment to get really comfortable. Okay, before we start this beginning exercise of taking you to that beautiful, relaxed place between being awake and being asleep, I want you to think of a word or a name, maybe something or someone that means a lot to you. Maybe a goal you want to achieve. Just hold that in your mind for now. Now, let's begin breathing. I want you to breathe in deep. The deepest breath of the day. Deep down so you can feel your whole belly fill up and rise. In one, two, three, four. Now exhale. I know it's difficult to quiet your mind. All the worries of the world, the worries about who you are and who you want to be. We're all supposed to be something. But right now, just enjoy being you as you are in this moment. I ask you to just enjoy this time with me. It's just you and me. Breathe in. One, two, three and out, one, two, three, four. Now that your mind is beginning to quiet, let's quiet our bodies as well. The first thing I want you to do is remember that word or name I asked you to think of. Take one open palm and use the index finger on your other hand to lightly trace the word onto your open palm. That's right. Just spell out the word. If you aren't able to touch another palm, that's fine. Take your finger and trace it on your belly or your thigh. Enjoy the sensation of touch and the thought of that special word. Really concentrate on that word. We all need and deserve tender touch in our lives. We tend to forget that not all intimate touch has to be sexual or romantic. A hug is intimate. A touch of the arm from a close friend Sometimes, 
We just need to provide it for ourselves. And that's okay too. Show your body some love. It works so hard. If you're able, switch hands and do the same thing on the other palm. If you aren't able, then just enjoy the sensation of breathing deeply and exhaling all of the ugly of the day, of the week, of the month, and breathe in the beautiful. Drop your tongue from the roof of your mouth. Stop clenching your jaw. Maybe move your head from side to side. Loosen up that neck. It's tired from holding up that head full of worries. Loosen up your shoulders. Remember to keep breathing deeply in one, two, three, four. And out. One, two, three, four. Let your hips settle into the cushion you're on. You may even feel a little pop. And continue all the way down to your toes. Wiggle your toes if you're able. If not, just continue to enjoy this sensation of full relaxation and deep breathing. Now, let's go exploring. We've arrived at the road leading to an abandoned English manor. You stand at the bottom of what was once a very impressive lawn. Oh, the parties it must have seen. Fashionable coaches arriving pulled by meticulously groomed horses. A string quartet playing. Champagne flowing. Dancing under the stars. Sneaking off with a lover in the dark corners of the garden to share an intimate moment. I bet it was magnificent to behold. But years of neglect and the autumn weather have taken its toll. Fog is rolling in as the evening chill starts its journey to your bones. Topiaries, once whimsically shaped like animals, have now twisted and overgrown, and in the fading light, they look like monsters. Let's make our way to the house, shall we? Here we are. What an imposing front door. It has a gargoyle-shaped knocker at the center. But you know what they say about knocking on the doors of empty houses. Someone might answer. 
It seems to be locked tight. Maybe we should try a side door? The servant's entrance, perhaps? A much more ordinary door. But, like in life, the help has been overlooked. And though the owners remembered to secure the grand front entrance, they seem to have forgotten this one. Isn't it incredible how intact the kitchen is? You can almost smell pies still baking. Jars of who knows what still sitting in the pantry. Copper pots hanging from the ceiling. Bags of flour and oats scattered about by rodents. I can't imagine the delectable delights that came from this kitchen. Over there, in fact. I think that door leads to the dining room. I have to confess, the reason we're here is because there's something I really want you to see, and we have to go through the main house. So open the door. <sighs> the opulence. You can't deny the opulence. Silk wallpaper hand-painted with delicate scenes of a pond on a spring day. A fireplace, because no one wants to dine with chilly fingers. I'm sure there used to be a long, heavy wooded table here as well. But this isn't the room I wanted you to see. For that, we have to go through the foyer and out the back. Did you hear that? It's probably just the wind. Uh, rushing through all these dead fireplaces, the flues must have been left open. Let's keep going. The Grand Foyer. The place where the family greeted all their guests for their lavish parties. No, uh, you, you aren't seeing shadows. It's nothing. After the last time, I wanted to bring you somewhere not haunted. As a treat. Back to the tour. Marble floor, a mahogany staircase, an even grander fireplace than the previous one, guarded on either side by life-size granite lions. That's funny. I thought ghosts were supposed to tell you to go away. Not to stay. Don't follow her. Must be some residual haunting. Just replaying itself over and over again. Not actually conscious of us or the world as it is now. Similar to a video on a loop. Yes, I see her. There she is, on the stairs. I was going to take you on a tour of the upstairs, but I promised there would be no ghost business this time. No, I don't think it's strange that her clothes look a little modern for this house. Fashions come and go and come back again. She's so vaporous that you can hardly see the way that she's dressed anyway. 
You're just being paranoid. Trapped. You... See? She wants to trap you. Let's hurry to the surprise. I have it on good authority. She can't get into where we're going. I won't allow it. Of course I've been here before. That's why I wanted to show it to you. I thought it was so beautiful. And wait until you see the surprise. It's just through this door. Hurry. Now she's coming down the stairs to get you. Remember last time? We must hurry through that door. Stay away. Okay, strange ghost. We will stay away from your precious foyer. <sighs> That's better. Pay no attention to her watching us through the glass door. She can't get us in here. Here, as you can see, is a conservatory added on to the manor during the Victorian era. It's all made of glass and wrought iron and still full of beautiful flowers and plants from all over the world. Looks like rain. What a beautiful view of it under all this glass. There aren't many leaks after all these years either. The gentlemen of the house at one time dabbled in botany and loved to collect, his antique tools still scattered and hanging about. The plants have grown unruly, just like the lawn, but here, protected from the elements, they've thrived. Yes, it's very warm and humid in here. It's become a miniature jungle. Please, feel free to walk through the plants. I know you like flowers, and there are some absolute jewels within these aisles. Oh, here. This is what I really wanted to show you. Our path is a little blocked, but you can just push past these vines. Yes, aren't the flowers on the vines so gorgeous? Like little red dripping hearts. In fact, they're called bleeding hearts. Ah, here we are. Yes, this does smell wonderful. This is the tree I wanted to show you. Its fruit smells intoxicating, doesn't it? Like something out of Eden. Why don't you take one and try it? I highly recommend it. It's called a manchineal tree. Oh, dear. Those blisters forming on your arms. Did I forget to mention how poisonous the bleeding hearts and their vines are? Those look very painful. I'm so sorry. Oh, your throat burns? Your stomach feels like it's filled with Sharp rocks? Maybe some water. There seems to be some fresh rainwater running off those white flowers. Try to drink some. Your throat feels like it's closing and on fire all at once. 
It's getting harder to breathe, isn't it? There, there. Do you know what the plants with those little white flowers are attached to is called? Oh, I know you're having a bit of a time, aren't you? But this is supposed to be an educational trip. Well, those little white flowers are called hemlock. And I don't believe there's a cure for hemlock poisoning. Good night, my love. Don't be mad at me. I wasn't trying to kill you last time. 
It was more like, if you had happened to die, I wouldn't have been too upset. Because then you'd get to stay with me. Forever. I promise this time I'll take you somewhere so safe. It's almost boring. Please? Okay, but before we go, let's do our exercises. I invite you to get as comfortable as possible. Make sure the temperature is okay. Grab a blanket if you need. Take a slow sip of water. Now, lay back, close your eyes, and breathe in all the way in so your belly rises and out. I want you to take one of your hands and hold it up as if you're about to make a chopping motion. It may feel a little silly, but just trust me. Now, take the fingertips of your opposite hand and as lightly and gently as you can, run them up and down the palm of the hand you have facing up. Just enjoy the soothing touch and melt into yourself. Feel free to do the same to the back of that hand as well. Just let your fingertips lightly run from your wrist to the ends of your other fingers. If this particular sensation isn't for you, then feel free to skip it and just keep Breathing deeply while listening to the sound of my voice. In and out. Allowing your body to relax. Now, switch hands. I personally find touch so important, even when it's to self-soothe, almost especially when it's to self-soothe. You know, wherever you go, there you are. Are you starting to feel your body soften? Make sure your shoulders aren't tensed up towards your ears. Unclench your jaw. Let your tongue fall away from the roof of your mouth. Don't forget those deep breaths. In through your nose. One, two, three, four. And out through your mouth. Two, three, 
in. Just an old, empty office building. Of course it looks familiar. Don't they all sort of look alike? The walls are covered in dingy, yellow wallpaper. The carpet is beige, but it's cast in that same ugly yellow coming from all those humming fluorescent lights that you hear. Of course, I've taken you to much more beautiful places. It's even free from most of the furnishings. I figured the less items in the room, that's less of a chance you might... Well, you know. You do know. Die. Feel free to wander the halls. Explore. There's even a courtyard, if you can find it. And a pool room. No, not the kind you play pool in. Like a room that is also a pool. A swimming pool. Strange, isn't it? Maybe not as boring as you once thought. The emptiness is eerie. And these hallways, well, I don't see an end to them. Do you? Why don't you walk around while I tell you a story? See if you can't find a way out of this level, I mean, floor, and get us to the courtyard for some fresh air. Feel so claustrophobic in here. Ready for the story? A blood sausage invited a liver sausage to her house for dinner, and the liver sausage gladly accepted. But when she crossed the threshold of the blood sausage's abode, she saw a great many strange things. A broom and a shovel fighting on the stairs, a monkey with a wound on its head, and more. The liver sausage was frightened by all of this, of course, and when she entered the blood sausage's rooms, she told her what she'd seen. The blood sausage pretended not to hear or just brushed off the liver sausage's worries before retreating to the kitchen to check on the meal. While the liver sausage was alone in the room, she heard a voice. Let me warn you, liver sausage, you are in a bloody murderous trap. You'd better get out quickly if you value your life. The voice didn't have to warn the liver sausage twice. She ran out of the door and didn't stop running until she'd hit the street. When she turned around, she could see the blood sausage 
high up in the attic window, holding a long, gleaming knife and shouting, If I had caught you, I would have had you. What? Not your type of story? Well, anyway, have you found anything? Oh, look. At this ladder. It, it goes to some kind of... Crawl space? Climb it. Let's see where it goes. It's the most interesting thing we've come across. Why not? Oh. You don't trust me anymore. Well, fine. I'm sure there's an elevator around here somewhere. A normal, boring elevator. That seems more your speed these days. These hallways seem to stretch on for forever. I wonder if someone took a measuring tape. If the inside would match the outside. You know, I have the strangest feeling that we're being followed. Maybe we should pick up the pace. Let's take the really narrow hallway. I know it looks like you won't fit, but I promise you will. See? Okay, now, turn left down that hall past that old desk. That feeling is getting more palpable. I really think something is stalking us. We need to... Oh, here we are. An elevator. you do get to see the pool room. Go ahead and step down into the water. Oh, I'm sure it's safe. The water is so clear, you can see all the way to the bottom. The walls and floor are all covered in white pool tiles. There is no walkway that isn't underwater. So, what other choice do you have? Do you want to hear another story while we explore? One day, one day a long, long time ago, there was a whole group, a family, who went camping. When they went camping, and they were sitting around the campfire roasting marshmallows, when one screamed, but everyone in the family was with them. Who could be screaming? Slowly, the father stood up and he walked. He was trying to find where the screaming came from. Where are you? He asked. Are you okay? And there was a light whisper that said, We're coming for you. That'll be you. He kind of freaked out. He ran back to his family. But they were all gone. Where were they? He couldn't find them. He ran back to town as fast as he could. He got the police and involved anyone really who could help him look for his family. But no one could find them. But ten years later, someone saw the family, sitting in the exact 
Location. Roasting marshmallows. But the only one who wasn't there was the father. Oh, here we are at another elevator. blocked off with a bunch of broken furniture. I don't think we can get through all that safely. Let's just wait. Maybe the elevator will start up again. who that was. I promise. I have no idea. This isn't me. I'm not doing it. This floor is... What? How... How are we outside? It's a log cabin. Surrounded by dry earth. There's smoke in the chimney. Someone's home. Do you want to go see if they'd like some company? You're really not going to. It looks like they have a warm fire. It could be safe in there. Comfortable. It could be much nicer than wandering these levels. Forever. No? Suit yourself. Let's go elsewhere then. Oh god, I, I think it's about to drop. I have no idea how high up we are. Whatever happens, just know that I told you we should have gone to the cabin. Hi there. Oh, please don't be mad at me. I wasn't trying to kill you last time. It was more like, if you had happened to die, I wouldn't have been too upset. Because then you'd get to stay with me. Forever.
post you're used to. I've been sent to decompress your mind after your last experience. You weren't supposed to see the things you saw. We don't appreciate our hosts going rogue. Your host is being taken care of. They were getting reckless. I apologize on behalf of all of us. Who is us? They did tell me you were a curious little kitty. That's none of your concern. I'm going to walk you through all the standard steps to reach the correct state of mind. Don't mind my clipboard. I'll just be taking notes during our session. Please, get comfortable. This shouldn't take long. Close your eyes. I need you to start breathing procedures. Take a deep, nourishing breath that fills your torso. In and out. Let your mind flow freely. Let yourself reach out to those other places we go when we're asleep. In and out. In and out. Before we begin, I have to warn you, this procedure may have lasting effects. Some of these scenarios may slip into your dreams. If that happens, I need you to remember, look for the person in the yellow raincoat. Please pay attention. Always look for the yellow raincoat. Follow it and you'll find safety. That's the only advice I can give you. Follow the yellow raincoat. Now, Let's begin. You're sitting on a rooftop. There's someone with you. Someone who brings you feelings of love and comfort. Someone you've wished on shooting stars you could spend such intimate time with. The weather is mild, the air is clear. You look amazing, the best you ever have. You can see the city below you, and the breeze. You can smell your companion's shampoo. Now. Is it day or is it night 
You look deep into this person's eyes. You've yearned for this moment, dreamed of it. It's only you and them. They smile at you. You move to touch their hand. And then they spontaneously combust. The fresh air now fills with the smell of burning hair. Their flesh is beginning to melt. Their screams are somehow too loud and yet silent. What do you do? Hmm. Okay. Moving on. This scenario is a bit more complicated. Please continue your breathing exercises and stretch your mind's eye in and out. You are a weary traveler who is stopped in at a tavern. It's the Middle Ages. You're sitting at a worn, wooden table. A bowl of brown stew steams before you with a bit of crusty bread and a small piece of hard cheese on the side. You feel a fire at your back and hear rain outside. You smell wet earth and burning wood. They mingle with the smell of simmering herbs. You can see your hands. They're cold, but now warming with the heat from the fire and the warmth coming off the bowl. Using your fingernail, you pick at the splinters where something has left a small gouge in the wood of the table. You notice a thick layer of grease has settled on top of your bowl of stew. Using the provided wooden spoon, you begin to stir the liquids back together. A strange piece of cartilage is revealed. With closer inspection, you realize it's part of an ear. A human ear. When you look around the room that was, until now, very cozy, you notice there are no other patrons, only the two owners. They're both staring at you menacingly, as if challenging you to say anything. What do they look like? Hmm. Something about their demeanor tells you, a knowledgeable traveler, that if you don't call attention to your new realization, that they will leave you be. You are humble-looking, clearly not carrying anything of value. However, in order to do this, you'll have to eat 
the stew, every last drop, and seem as though you enjoy it the entire time. So, do you eat the stew? Oh, and before you decide, you notice the cloak draped across the shoulders of one of the owners. It has a particular and very intricate woven pattern that is instantly familiar to you. It belonged to your traveling companion, Sersha. She made it herself. You watched her weave every thread. What colors are in the cloak? You haven't seen her since you became separated when you were passing through a town and an uprising broke out. That was days ago. You've been searching for her. It's then you notice the long red hair that is now floating in the grease next to the bit of ear. Now, I'd like you to answer. Do you eat the stew? Hmm. Moving on. One day, you awake in your home. You're all alone. No one around. No pets. Despite having woken a bit later than usual, it's very quiet. No sounds of birds or neighbors moving about. No cars passing by or garbage trucks making their rounds. You pull out your phone. Every entry from every social media or news platform was last updated eight hours ago. You try to refresh and nothing. Your signal is fine. You decide to poke your head outside to see what's going on. But when you go to open the door, it holds tight. It isn't locked, and you pull and pull, and nothing. So, you check a window. Same story. You can't open the windows. The outside you see is devoid of life, but even apart from that, it looks off somehow. Are the colors different? Is it the shapes? You can't quite put your finger on what is different. You try every possible exit from your home Nothing can be opened. The windows can't be broken. You are trapped inside your home. Now, what do you do? Hmm. 
Now, the day has gone on. The sun is setting, as if nothing has shifted. As the world outside grows darker, you begin to hear sounds. Strange and unsettling sounds coming from the outside. The sounds remind you of steam or smoke for some reason you can't place. You can't tell if the source of the sound is very far away, emanating across the city, or if it's right outside your window. It activates something deep within you, an instinct of fear that has your stomach in your throat and your sweat stinking of stress. Remember to stretch your mind's eye. I want you to feel this fear. Do you feel it? You start to feel comfort in the fact that the doors are sealed shut. It continues until the sun begins to rise. This goes on for days, or has it been weeks? All you know is you've eaten the last crumb of food, and starvation is going to be your fate. Every night, the noises come, and the days are beginning to grow shorter. With less reprieve from the sound and the anxiety it brings with it. Every lengthening night, your body reacts the same way. With fear so intense, you can't sleep. Some nights, you are brave enough to peek out of the windows. But all you see is darkness. Tonight, you sit and you stare at the door. The sounds grow intense. The days only last a handful of hours now. Hunger pangs cramp your stomach. And as you sit, and as you stare, and as you listen, the front door opens. Nothing enters. Nothing seems to be on your doorstep. You are so hungry. So, what do you do?
Hello. Can I help you? What are you doing out here? You're far away from any sort of civilization. You came to find me? Have we met before? Many times before. Your face does look familiar. Very familiar. I apologize. They sent me out here after... After... I don't remember. I really like your face. If we had met before, we must have had some amazing memories together. Did we see wonderful things? Did I make you happy? Oh. Sorry about that. It's just sort of what I do. Or what I did. Now I'm just sort of here. My coat? I'm so glad you like it. I've always wanted a yellow raincoat. Where are we? You are standing in a desert at twilight. The warm breeze gently whips around your face. Sand peppers your ankles. You breathe in the dry air as you watch the last of the sun's glow slip behind the dunes. Please, take a seat. Have a sip of water. Why don't you stretch your tired neck from side to side? Yes, just tip your head from side to side. Now, look left and right. Relax your jaw. Let your tongue fall from the roof of your mouth. I know, you probably didn't even realize it was up there. Give your jaw a little jingle too, just to loosen it up. Now, let your shoulders say goodbye to the bottoms of your ears. <laughs> I mean relax those too. You hold so much tension in these areas. How do I know? Well, maybe I remember you a little better than I let on earlier. Now, let's move on to your hands. I want you to massage each of your palms. Your hands do so much for you. They deserve some love and attention. That's right. Just use your thumbs to, one at a time, knead the palm of the other hand. Doesn't that feel nice? Remember while you do this to breathe in. One, two, three, four. And out. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth.
lightly massage the tips of your fingers. Just each finger, your pinky with your other thumb and forefinger, now your ring finger and your middle finger, now your index and your thumb. Doesn't that feel nice? Now switch sides. Let's start with your thumb to your index finger, to your middle finger, to your ring finger, to your pinky. Now, let your lower back settle. Your back has a hard job and it's done for right now. Let it rest. Same for your hips. If you let them relax, you may even feel a little pop if you're lying down. Just let them melt into the cushion you're on. Now, let that soothing sensation move down your legs, your thighs, your calves, all softening. Pretend my voice is like the heat from the air around us in this desert, and it's causing your limbs and your muscles to melt. Now point your toes and hold it. Okay, let them go and wiggle them a bit. Loosen up those weary feet. Now give me one last thing. Point your toes straight up and pull your feet back towards your face. Try to point your toes at your face if you understand what I'm saying. To stretch those calves. Mm. Doesn't that feel good? Oh, it feels so good. Now, relax. Rest your hands on your stomach or to your side. And come away with me. <laughs> well, I guess this time we are away here in the desert. You know, we really should get moving. There's been activity here in this area lately, every night. What kind of activity? Well, let's try to find some shelter and I'll tell you. There's a series of caves over there to the north. We need to move that way. So, I've been seeing lights every night in the sky. They're beautiful, iridescent, like the aurora borealis condensed into pinpricks and flashes. They show up after dark. They move around like they're searching for something. I've I've even seen them take things. Lizards, owls, snakes, all the creatures of the desert, one of each like the Noah of an ark who doesn't understand reproduction. You'll never know the strange beauty of the grace of a rattlesnake floating on a beam of opalescence up into a black sky. I don't know what they are, or where they're from, or where the creatures go, 
I think they're from another world. Or maybe another time. Sort of like me. But somehow, I have a feeling they're probably nothing like me. You... you met someone else? Like me? When? Who? I need you to be careful with her. If she ever comes to you again. Oh, I know. What I do is nightmarish, but they're mere japes. Just fun haunted houses for you to walk through. But what she does... is real. She'll haunt your brain. She'll infect your actual dreams. She'll follow you. She'll live inside of you. Please, promise me you'll be careful with her. Answer her questions if you must, but please, just try not to let her into your dreams. I'm serious, friend. Fight her. She'll creep in. The caves are only about a mile away now. Do you see them over there? Do any of them look like a good spot to hide in? I want you to be comfortable. There are large ones, but you'll be more exposed. The small ones are safer, but you'll have to crawl on your belly and it may feel a little claustrophobic. No, not that one. Don't go in that one, any of them, but the M-shaped one. That's a story for another time. Let's see, if we keep following this line... Oh no. No, no, no. I thought it was still early enough to find shelter. You have to run. Run to the caves before they see you. are overhead now. I think they've spotted you. Do you see how the valley is filling with iridescent light? It's impossible looking. Like you're bathing in liquid opals. This is when it happens. I know. It's getting harder to run. You just may be able to reach the caves. Keep trying. I know it feels like moving through fog and putty at the same time. But it's turning your skin. The most beautiful shades of purples and teals and greens and pinks. Do you see it dancing on your skin? It colors the desert. It colors the sand and the rock and the dunes, and the caves. It's simply breathtaking. And it feels lovely, so cool compared to the hot and dusty air we were just standing in. The sluggish feeling is subsiding. That must be a good sign. Oh. Oh, I was wrong. You aren't moving forward anymore. You're moving up. Look up. An opening blacker than the night sky has opened above. 
And you're floating into it. No. No, there's nothing I can do for you now. Maybe the mysteries of these unidentified friends will be pleasant, utopian, euphoric. Or maybe... Well... Maybe you're about to experience unknown terrors so horrific, your human brain can't even begin to comprehend them. You may never come back, and you have no idea where you're going. I wish you luck, my friend. I wish you luck in the darkness that is now approaching more quickly. To be worshipped, to be consumed. To be dissected, whatever it may be. I'm so glad you decided to stop by for a visit. Goodbye now.